1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Ben Seagrass says he's looking forward to competing with Joe Hart. Our Rangers in the hunt for Antonio Colac. And Jack Ross says he's looking to build at Dundee United. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. Yeah, looking forward to the football getting back underway. You always tell when they get the first press conferences of the summer, the first signings. That's really the time for the big kickoff. Some of the clubs are back pre-season training. The others will come back on Monday and then... That's when it really begins to hot up, Andrew, and we can't wait. Some of the first friendlies as well. I was surprised that some yeah. friendlies were already happening last night. I saw Partick Thistle were playing Alawa. I think it was a few teams in action, so it's already starting. Yeah, and a, a new recruit for the Thistle first team, Neil Lennon's son Gallagher, I think, made his debut uh, in that Thistle side. So there's more games. I think the Kevin McAllister stand gets opened at Falkirk on Friday night. We'll see the first Premiership team in action when newly promoted Kilmarnock go there. Aberdeen play Saturday Yep, it's not too long until Celtic Rangers are away in their travels as well. Well, let's hear from you, whether it's transfers, whether it's pre-season plans. We want to know what you're thinking. 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. There's been loads going on. As you say, that the first press conferences of the new season, Ben Segrist was up today for Celtic after signing last night. I'm still getting used to saying Ben Segrist. I was so used to it being Benjamin when he was at Dundee United, but I saw on all Celtics communications about him being signed. It's Ben Segrist. I spoke to the man himself. Today and he's confirmed it's it is Ben now, so he's decided. I don't know what a change of heart possibly. Yeah, and, and listen, he also seems to have deleted all reference to his Dundee United years from his Instagram account. That'll be why there is a single tear rolling down the face of oh, producer Callum through there in the booth. Absolutely appalled. Maybe this is why he's changed his name. He's trying to keep away from producer Callum and his wrath. It's like he's just split up with an ex and just decided to delete all <laughs> all evidence of social media. He's, he's found someone new now and he's he's moving on. And it, listen, it's an interesting signing as well. I thought Celtic were well placed goalkeeper wise. Joe Hart was an excellent signing last season. Scott Bain as backup was given a new contract extension last season as well. Connor Hazard is still in the books, albeit he's out on loan in Finland. Um, they've got young keepers coming through the academy. I didn't necessarily think. It was a position Celtic would look to strengthen this summer, but they have strengthened. Segrist is a top quality goalkeeper. Everyone's seen him in his four seasons at United. And maybe Ange Postacoglu just wanted someone in who's going to keep Joe Hart on his toes. Well, let's hear from Ben Segrist speaking today. He says he's looking forward to competing with Joe Hart rather than against him. The former Dundee United man says he has no, he's had no guarantees, though, about what his role will be at the club. He just told me the vision for the whole football team and, and, and he said, listen, there, there are no guarantees and I know there are no guarantees because I you know, I came to Dundee United and there weren't any guarantees and it turned out pretty good. So the, the, the opportunity to compete at the highest level against, you know, not, I wouldn't say against, it's with, it's with Joe and it's with Scott and, and it's with Stevie Woods and it's with the manager and I have huge respect for the players that, that are here because I had to compete against them, um, which wasn't always easy. But you know, they're, 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 we're the champions of Scotland, and, and it's an honour for me to join. But I look, I look forward to integrating myself, bring my abilities into the team, and 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 that's that's the challenge I wanted to do. 
Yeah, Roger, how do you see that dynamic working between Sigrist and Joe Hart? Because Joe Hart was by far and away Celtic's number one goalkeeper last season. You were saying you didn't really expect that it was an area you'd look at for, for improvement for Celtic. But Benjamin Sigrist has come in on a four-year deal. He's a proven premiership goalkeeper. Would you expect him to really be pushing Joe Hart this season? Well, I think that's what he'll look to do. Um, it's interesting, some of the dynamics among goalkeepers around, around the clubs. David Marshall, back at Hibs. The first thing that happens is Matt Macy leaves the club today to go to Luton Town. Um, Alan McGregor signs a contract extension at Rangers. It would take him beyond his 41st birthday. But it looks as if John McLaughlin's going to start the season. And where does that leave Robbie McCrory with a year left in his deal? So it's always fascinating. Goalkeepers are, I was going to say it's a funny position. It's funny in so much as you can only have one goalkeeper in the team, Andrew. He either plays or he doesn't play. It's not like strikers where you can have one striker or maybe two strikers. or It's not like midfielders where you know you can cram three or four of them into the team. A goalie, it's a, a very isolated position. You're either in or you're not in. Um, and it'll be fascinating to see how hard Sigrist can push Joe Hart next season. It shows that he must have really wanted to join Celtic because you would imagine that with his contract having run out at Dundee United that he will have been really keen to go out and play but he will have had offers from other clubs and you would imagine he would have had offers to be a number one goalkeeper potentially elsewhere but he's decided to go in at Celtic at a club where he knows he's in for a fight if he wants a game. Yeah, listen, he's 30 years of age and I know that is still young in goalkeeping terms but he's maybe thinking... This is a four-year deal I've got on the table here from Celtic. It will be a considerable wage increase from what he earned in his four years at Dundee United. And you don't know, you know, there was interest down south. Maybe they were just two-year deals, one-year deal. We don't know exactly what was on the table. So you look at a four-year deal from Celtic on increased wages, very difficult for anyone to knock back, Andrew. Well, there has been signing news at Motherwell. We'll bring you that shortly, but let's go straight to the phones. 0141-951-1025. Sean is a Celtic fan. And Pollock, Sean, what do you make of the signing of Ben Segrist and just generally what Celtic have done so far? Hi, guys. I am I'm happy with it. People were, I've seen people on our social media saying it's just always a backup signing and that, but he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the league since he's been here. Dundee United only got promoted about two or three years ago and he's kept a lot of clean sheets for being technically a, a newly promoted side, sorry. But I'm very happy that they've got the business done relatively quick. And there's a lot of like, the, the markets that they're tapping into with the Argentinian market. And then there's just a few other markets that I think, not just Celtic, the others, like Scottish teams could probably get into. But I'm very happy with the, with the signing, definitely. Yeah, that'll be something Celtic fans will be pleased about, is the speed Celtic look to be getting their business done at, Roger, because... Seagrist has come in, the Cameron Carter-Vickers deal is done, it looks as if Jota is getting closer, it looks as if Alexandro Bernabe could be flying into Glasgow this week, Celtic don't return to pre-season training until next week I think, they don't have their first competitive game until the end of July when the Premiership season starts, but they're getting a squad together already and they're getting the signings through the door. Yeah, I said a number of weeks ago, Sean probably remembers in the show, Celtic's first pieces of business needed to be tying down Carter Vickers and Jota. Um, everyone knew Maeda was going to sign because it was, you know, part of the, the loan deal in January. He was a certainty to sign. Um, getting Carter Vickers in is a terrific bit of business. Any transfer, Andrew, there's a degree of gamble involved in it. And you take that gamble out, if you go and sign someone like Carter Vickers, who's been at the club for a year and you know he can handle all the pressures and everything that goes with playing for Celtic. Um, Segrist, you're taking a bit of the gamble out because you've seen him in this league for four years. Decent signing, I agree with Sean. Burnaby, hands up. I haven't seen the lad. I don't know anything about it. Celtic have, though, had a bit of joy from 
markets that you wouldn't ordinarily have looked at in the past. You know, you look at the Japanese players coming in, um, you know, Southie, in recent times, even long before Ange Postacoglu was in the building, you know, the Israeli market, they, they've plundered to really good effect. So maybe Bar- Burnaby is one that they've, they've looked at and feel is going to come in and do to Greg Taylor what Seagrass is trying to do to Joe Hart and push him really hard. But I'll be fascinated now with Jota. You know, Beton's gone, Rogic is gone. There are players going out the door. A bit more players going out the door too. But Rog- uh, Jota now is the one I think Celtic should really try and double down on. Supporters can be sceptical sometimes when players have been plucked from different areas of the world and countries that are maybe not too familiar with the league. When you're talking about Alexandro Bernabe, that could be the case. But the fact that Ange Postacoglu has, in his last two transfer windows, gone to different parts of the world yeah. and taken players and they've fitted into his system and they've been successful, you'd think Celtic fans would be very, very calm about just the, the signing in general. Yeah, I was, I was absolutely astonished, actually, Andrew. There's never been an Argentinian player played for Celtic. I thought over the years there must have been. So I couldn't think off the top of my head who. I just thought there must have been one. You know, you think of all the, you know, the, the, the likes of Janino and the Brazilians that have been in. And as we say, the players from Australia, from Japan, from China, from Israel, from all over the world. And there's never been an Argentinian at the football club. So it'd be fascinating to see how the lad settles. Um, saw the video of the, the headbutt. On the arrival in the game last week, um, I don't imagine that will the, any suspension will carry over into Scottish football from Argentina. I think he'll be free to go as soon as he signs, and I'll be fascinated to see him lad, twenty-one years of age, got a whole career in front of him, and the departure of Liam Scales to Aberdeen yesterday really just freed up that slot in the squad. Sean, I know there are ifs and buts involved in this question, but if Celtic can get the Jota deal and the Bernabe deal over the line. What's next for Celtic? What, where do you think Ange Postacoglu needs to strengthen after that? I think they need a, a holding midfielder. But as much as Cal McGregor is he's, he's a brilliant player, I would like to see him pushed up a wee bit so you get like we beat on going. And Gucci's not really had a chance, obviously, with injuries and that. So you would, you would like a, a sitting midfielder to come in and let McGregor push on. And I, I would like another striker, but then I think only reason for that is because what happens if it happens again with Kyogo last year with an injury? Or Jack, Jack and Marcus are playing a bad after the top again on Maeda, and that's not their, their best. I prefer them out in the wing. So, I'd, I, the next one I'd really like would be a sitting midfielder to push McGregor up. Yeah, that holding midfield role certainly seems like one Celtic are targeting as well. And Callum McGregor, it, it's interesting because he plays very well in a deeper role, but he also plays very well in a more advanced role. Celtic didn't really last season have the player that could come in and, and sit a bit deeper and allow Callum McGregor on a consistent basis to play in one of those two roles further well, forward and maybe that's what Ange Postacoglu is looking you for. You know something I'm going to sort of argue with Sean and yourself, Andrew? They did have the player. They just chose not to pick them. They had Sorrell, they had McCarthy, they had Iraguchi. Well, they, they had the players, but had, Ange Postacoglu then just felt but that they weren't up to the grade. Ange felt they weren't better than Callum McGregor in that role. And I know the point Sean makes, push Callum McGregor on one, that's terrific, great. Actually, I think if you push Callum McGregor on one, you're pushing someone out the team. You know, if you do that, you can't get Turnbull and O'Reilly in the team. Um, last season, you couldn't have had, you know, Turnbull and Rogic or O'Reilly and Rogic or, or anything like that. I, I tend to think you'll need to look long and hard to find someone in that pivot role in midfield who's going to do the role better than Callum McGregor. And that, and that's maybe why there hasn't been one signed. Could you see Celtic bringing in another striker? You look at Kyogo's strike rate last season, you look at Jakimakis when he played, he scored almost all the time. Maida can play through the middle as well. We had a caller on last night who was saying similar. He wanted to see a striker play, but will that, that 
be a priority for Inchbuster Cup? Again, a lot will depend on the Jota situation. If Jota doesn't sign, I think Celtic will look to another wide player. Um, they've got a badder in a wide position. Terrific debut season. James Forrest's still there. Mikey Johnson's still there, don't forget. There, there are guys in, in wide roles. Maida can play out there. But I, I think Ange Postecoglou prefers Maida in the middle. That would be another option along with Kyogo and Giacomakis. So I think if, if it's not Jota... I think they'll look to get a white guy in before they look to get a striker in. Well, thank you to Sean. 01419511025 if you want to get in touch. Let's hear a bit more from Ben Segrist. He says Joe Hart is the perfect role model to work alongside. He also says representing Celtic in the Champions League would be a dream come true after being a ball boy at one of their games against Basel in 2002. That was a huge reason as well. I obviously I obviously look up to him. You know, I... I I know who he is and who he represents and we've had a little chats here and there after games and, and he just seems like a top-class guy and you know to, to have the opportunity to co- compete with him, like I said, it's not an against him, it's a with him, it's a goalkeeping union thing. Um, I've heard great things about Stevie Woods as well. Um, again, I've seen Scott Bain play, um, so hopefully we'll be, we'll be a bouncing goalkeeping group. Boyhood dream. Boyhood dream. I was I was telling to the people earlier that when I was when I was young, I was a ball boy um, in my my uh, my first team FC Basel, and uh, I was a ball boy behind uh, Rab uh, Douglas. So um, unfortunately for us, Basel knocked knocked us out. But I was there in the stadium, and um, you know, obviously, you know, to hear the Champions League anthem and to be involved with with you know this club in the Champions League is just amazing. Wonder if Rob Douglas knew that he was inspiring young Swiss goalkeepers <laughs> to go on and, and live their dream. Yeah, it was it's quite amazing, you know, how football churns out these stories over the years. Jota know? had a similar one last year, was yeah. it? I think he'd been at a Champions League game between Benfica and Celtic yeah. and he said he swapped scarves with a Celtic fan. I even heard Tam Courts last week when he was unveiled by Honved Budapest in Hungary saying that the first game he was taken to as a, as a child of six or seven was a European game at Celtic Park and it was Celtic against Honved. So there was that sort of... Conveniently waited until he wasn't a manager of another Scottish Premiership club before telling that story. Yeah, that's, that's maybe the best way to do it, Andrew. So football does tend to, to throw up these romantic little tales. Joe Hart is obviously a very experienced goalkeeper We know Benjamin Segrist is 30 He's played a lot of football Especially over the last four years He's not young by any means But he's talking about Joe Hart as a role model And the fact that Joe Hart has 70 odd England caps he's got He's played at the top level for Manchester City Even at the age Segrist is now Joe Hart will be a a great person and player to, to work alongside And he will be And he'll also be an awkward adversary to knock out of the first team because it feels as if Joe Hart has been around for a million years but he's actually at 35 he's a good bit younger than David Marshall at Hibs or Craig Gordon at Hearts or Alan McGregor at Rangers and I think you know I spoke to Ange Postecoglou at one of the never ending circuit of Player of the Year awards at, you know last month and we asked about the longevity of Joe Hart I think he's got two years left on his contract at Celtic and Ange said yeah, you know, he could go on and play for a considerable period of time at Celtic. And if he continues the level of performance he produced last season in his debut year at the club, Benji Segrist might have his work cut out. 01419511025 is the number you need. It's the number Brian, a Celtic fan in Sterling, has dialed. Brian, what are you making of Celtic's business so far? Well, I, I just think I was listening to the last caller there. Um, I just wanted to make a point about uh, young Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor was is an assurance that you don't you don't go out and buy a Callum McGregor 
same as he didn't go out and buy a, 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 a Scott Brown before him. So moving him into forward into a position because you want to see him play forward, you know, he got player of the year last year. He's the best player in the league last year in the position he was in. What does that big Ange need? Only big Ange knows this. This is a brilliant speculation. I love the speculation. Get Jota over the line. We've got uh, Carter Vickers sorted out. Getting that, getting uh, Seagrest was an absolute steal because the boy's a brilliant keeper. He, he proved that against us many times last season. So um, I think Celtic are in, in really good settle. I think they're looking in good shape. They're getting the business done. That is coming from the top down uh, through, and the fans just need to get in behind it. And I understand everybody wants to be the manager, everybody wants to pick the team when they're doing great. But Big Angie has got everything in hand. I think if you see another two um, uh, uh, like signings like Jota and Carter Vickers, then you know to the impact in the first team like that, that'll be would be really lucky because the players there right now are, are proving that they're good enough. Roger, I suppose it's a compliment to Callum McGregor that as well as he's played in that position that some people think he can be even better if he's given the, the freedom to move I, forward. I thought you were going to say it's a compliment to me that Brian agrees with a point <laughs> I made a couple of minutes ago that you know Callum McGregor in that role is probably his best role. Interesting the way Brian started. He said young Callum McGregor. I know why he said it, because he looks young. He's 29 years of age. He's captain of Celtic. He is the single most important player to Ange Postecoglou. And I think he'll stay in that pivot role next season. A, because of the point we made earlier before Brian came on, that he's the best at it. They haven't got anybody better. That's why he's in the team and Soro and McCarthy and Beaton wasn't in the team and Gucci wasn't in the team because Callum McGregor was best at it. And also, when you look at Beaton and Rogic moving on in the summer, Andrew, I think you'll see even more of Matt O'Reilly and David Turnbull next season. Um, very very rarely seen together last season because O'Reilly didn't come into the team until January transfer window and by that stage Turnbull had suffered that injury in the League Cup final and, and missed almost all of the rest of the season I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot more of Turnbull and O'Reilly next season slightly more advanced than McGregor Brian says he wants to see more signings like Jota and like Cameron Carter-Vickers. Yeah. Given the success that Celtic had with the two of them in these loan-to-buy deals, would you be surprised if, if Celtic do similar in their next couple of signings, if they maybe go out and, and look at guys and think, well, we can do this sort of try-before-you-buy thing because it worked last yeah, thing? Yeah, possibly. And it worked with Maeda as well, albeit Ange Bostagoglu obviously knew Maeda from, from Japan from working with him. Um, so much of the work that's still to be done transfer-wise by Celtic revolves around whether or not they get Jota. If Jota signs, then they don't need another wide player. Um, if Jota signs, it'll be a real boost for the supporters. And also, if Jota signs, they'll have to pay a pretty penny. It's about £6.5 million to Benfica to get him. I think that'll cut back on, on you know the scope to go and get other signings. But you need to remember the work, not just in January, but last summer that Ange Postecoglou did. This isn't a summer where Celtic have got six or seven or eight players out of contract or a year to go and ready to move on. They've got a reasonably settled size squad, two or three little bits of business, you know, a backup left-back, which could be Burnaby, a backup goalkeeper, which is Segrist, getting the Carter-Vickers deal done, um, making sure the Maeda deal went through, and Jota. 
Well, thank you to Brian. 01419511025 on the phones. After the break, I'll give you news of a motherwell signing. I'm also take a look at Rangers business. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025. If you've got anything on your mind, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I did tell you we were going to bring you news of a motherwell signing that's just happened in the last ten minutes or so. They've signed. Paul McGinn who was released by Hibs he left by mutual consent he's now been picked up by Motherwell very quickly 31 year old obviously can play in a couple of positions in defence for some reason it just feels like a very Motherwell signing Roger doesn't it? Listen I think it's a very good signing Um, he never let Hibs down less than a year ago he was winning a Scotland cap under Steve Clark against Austria very solid player he's played in the Premier League St Mirren Dundee he's been at Partick Thistle he's been down south Um, a very solid reliable Performer, and I was very surprised. He played enough games for Hibs last season under three managers. Can I tell you, all of them picked him. That he triggered a one-year extension to his contract. New Hibs manager came in, decided he didn't fancy him, and that's where the the mutual part of it comes. I think Paul was told if he can get something else, it won't be hard to deal with. And he's done really well. He's got a motherwell team who are in Europe, who finished in the top six, who finished well ahead of Hibernian in last season. And I think he'll be a decent signing for Graham Alexander. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you've got anything you want to chat to us about, there was something else that uh, caught my eye last night. There was obviously a few friendlies on pre-season friendlies. I saw Clyde had tweeted that they'd beaten Gala Feridine. I think it was seven seven nil seven one. But they tweeted out two of the goal scorers and said that the other five goals had been scored by a trialist. A single trialist had scored five of their goals in that game, and it made me think. See if you've got a trialist that's performing that well. Maybe just maybe just hook him after two or three goals yeah. and get a contract in front of him. Maybe don't advertise on Twitter that he scored five goals for you before you've got him tied down. Started the evening as a trialist and wasn't allowed to leave the building <laughs> until he had signed the contract. Hopefully for Danny Lennon. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see teams coming back. You know, Clyde played last night. Thistle played last night against Alawa. There are more games right the way through. The way I think he play tomorrow is it. And then we've got talk up Vico Marnock on Friday night. And it's interesting, you know, you see all of the team lineups. That's over the same last night, you know, so many trialists in the lineup. And it just shows that the clubs down the leagues are still putting together the squads. And you've only got, I think it's a fortnight on Saturday, the League Cup campaign starts. And Partick Thistle, in what is a very Partick Thistle way, tweeted at half time that they were making an octuple substitution. Did you see this? First time yeah. I've ever seen that used in a football context in my life, an octuple substitution. Yeah, if anyone's going to do it, Ian McCall's going to do something like that. But it was interesting to look at his team last night. There are, there's a good mix at Thistle. You know, they've got that bit of experience. The likes of Brian Graham and Kevin Holt. Um, they've got some new signings. Harry Mullins come in from Cove, very highly rated left-sided player. Aaron Muirhead, who was really solid air for the last couple of seasons. Um, they've also, you know, he likes to mix it up. You know, he's got Jack McMillan in from Livingston. Again, decent signing. Stephen Lawless is back at the club from Dunfermline. But he's also got the youngsters coming through. Very young. I, don't, I can't imagine... Young Gallagher Lennon's going to make the first team But the young goalie Mason McCready playing last night um, Young Ben Stanway playing in midfield So 
There's a good balance about that Thistle squad. I think they'll do well in the Championship this season, Andrew. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. Let's take a quick look at Rangers at the moment because reportedly a bit of interest in Antonio Kolak, a name Rangers fans might remember because he scored twice at Ibrox early on last season as Malmo knocked Rangers out of the Champions League qualifiers. Had a very successful time for them across the 2021 season. Scored 22 goals in 41 games. Spent the second half of last season back at his parent club Park in, in Greece. Wasn't as successful there. It looks as if no matter what happens, Rangers are interested in a striker because there's been quite a few names linked so far. We've seen Ross Stewart, we've seen Eric Bottheim, we've now seen Antonio Kolak. It certainly looks to be an area that Rangers are targeting. I, I like your careful use of the word reportedly. <laughs> if you don't quite believe it, let me tell you, Rangers fancy Antonio Kolak. Um, he's a decent player. Uh, he's shown at Ibrox what he can do against Rangers. Um, he's one that is within... Rangers financial you know reach if you like which is always very important and yes they do want a striker yes they do need a striker because you don't have to think back too far to a Europa League final and a Scottish Cup final where Joe Aribo Joe Aribo was pushed up there on his own did well scored in Seville remember didn't let Rangers down at all but Joe Aribo will be the first to tell you He's not a centre forward. And I don't think Rangers, having let Cedric Eaton go back to Switzerland, I don't think there's any way Rangers will want to start the season with just Alfredo Morelos and Kemar Roof as recognised strikers. And they've still got Alfredo Morelos' situation to clear up as yeah. well. One year left on his contract. Uh, but uh, no matter what happens there, Rangers will be on the hunt it, for it, someone in that position. It, it's funny, you know, supporters, everyone phones the show and they want new signings. Of course, everybody wants new signings. But we said at the start of... This summer, Celtic's biggest business was to get Carter, Vickers and, Vickers and Jota, you know, just seal the loan signing. And I think a lot of the Rangers' business this summer, having already got John Souter sorted, a lot of the business was about getting the guys who have served them so well tied down. And I don't just mean McGregor at 40 and Davis at 37, but getting Connor Goldson on a new four-year deal, getting Scott Arfield you know, secured in a contract as well. And I think having done all of that, that's all the sort of immediate stuff that was needing done. I think a lot of, you know, rather than focusing and bringing in four or five or six new players, I think Rangers will now turn their attention to the situations regarding Morelos, Kent and Aribo. Because as you say, you know, there's only a year to go and, and that brings a little bit of uncertainty. It's not a case of Rangers having lost loads of players and they're going into qualifiers no. with a depleted squad. They've still got pretty much the whole squad yeah. that they had at the end of last season. So it's a case of them now just having having the time. It, it probably doesn't need to be a, a rush job to get people in the door in time for those first qualifiers. No, they, they, listen, Rangers, you know, they have a lot on their side, if you like. You know, Balligan's gone, Suter's come in. Um, other than that, not too much change as we see. McGregor's re-signed, so that solved a you know a potential goalkeeping issue. Davis and Arfield are back, so there's less pressure to get new midfielders into the team. Goldson signed, so you don't need another centre half to play alongside Suter because Goldson's there for four years. Uh, where they are slightly, just numerically, where they're slightly short now with Ramsey and Ahmad Diallo going back to their parent clubs as a number nine. And someone probably on the right side of the attack. I think they'll probably be the next two positions. On the other side of things, though, you'd imagine a manager would want when the team are going back into pre-season training on Monday. They'll go away in a pre-season training camp. 
He'll want the bulk of his squad And he'll, he, he would prefer if the new signings were in at this point But it's not always possible Yeah, it's not always possible If it was possible, Andrew We wouldn't all have that excitement When we all wear our yellow ties And transfer deadline night And sit up to midnight Waiting for the, you know, the late signings Sometimes the guys you want You just have to wait for Every manager in the land Would wish the first day of pre-season training He's back with 25 or 26 players that he wants And he can really go at it from there Unfortunately, that's not how the transfer windows work Um, We've a good feeling of what Rangers need What Rangers want Um, What we don't know is how long they'll have to wait to get them in It'll be an interesting time for Rangers fans Because they've not seen Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Have a proper transfer window The January transfer window You can't really count There was deals that were done But you would say they weren't really Giovanni Van Bronckhorst signings This is really when he can get his teeth into the transfer market And properly go out and target the positions And the styles of players that he really wants And and, and to be honest with you I I was slightly surprised At the Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis deals Because I wondered if They might be moved on and the manager might want to put his own stamp. He might want, you know, he might, there might be a great Dutch goalkeeper he had up his sleeve that he was going to bring in, or a great Dutch midfielder, or you know, someone that he knew from Spain or he knew from China that, that, that he was going to bring in. So it surprised me that all these deals have been done. But he's been in long enough, you know, he's been in there seven months now. He's maybe been pleasantly surprised by the squad that he's working with, and he thinks I'm actually going to keep Davis and McGregor because they're better. Than the ones I was looking at to bring in A player that could be leaving the club though And I saw you had this story over the weekend Robbie McCrory Potentially a target for Manchester United Well, listen We mentioned the Alan McGregor situation at the top of the show Um, Alan McGregor signed a new deal It sounds as if John McLaughlin has been told He's going to be the number one Certainly for the start of this season So at 24 years of age I think Robbie McCrory will be looking around thinking What do I do now? Now, he's got a year left. He could sit and sign for another team in a pre-contract in January. He's probably seen his twin brother, Ross, go out and play regular football. Nobody's saying Aberdeen's as big a club as Rangers, but Ross McCrory wanted to go out and and play football and make his own way in the game. I think Robbie McCrory is now ready to go out and make his own way in the game. Now, that might well be at, for argument's sake, St. Johnson, need a goalie. Might be at Ross County, need a goalie. Maybe the DNA to Jack Ross speaking today needs a goalie. But there has been significant interest from South of the Border. He's been watched by Watford. He was watched by Southampton before they signed another couple of young goalies. And I believe there's four up to four goalkeepers beneath David De Gea, all heading out of Old Trafford. That creates space for three or four young, promising goalkeepers to come in who can then try and fight to be the next David De Gea. Yeah, I saw former Kilmarnock goalkeeper Daniel Backman had been linked with them as well. So we'll keep a keen eye on that one. 01419511025. Next up is Scott, who's a Wraith Rovers fan in Holland. Scott, what are you thinking tonight? Evening, guys. Hope you're well. Hi, Scott. You too, Scott. Uh, no, it was just a couple of points about uh, the championship this season. Uh, obviously, uh, the first first point I wanted to just ask Roger was when with his job was if he had heard anything more about uh, the Rangers youngster Josh McTake because I know he's been linked with simply us at the Rovers but that was more under when we had McGlynn as manager but I don't know if he's heard anything more than that I, th- I think he's been linked with about half the teams in the Scottish Championship and about half the teams in the lower leagues in England as well Scott so <laughs> you, you, you can have a fight for him I think I, I think Ian Murray got his, his number one target in when he signed Dylan Easton 
Um, Dylan Easton was player of the year in League One last season um, Was huge for Ian Murray at Airdrie um, Came very close to taking Ian Murray and Airdrie Into that championship for next season And you know he came out of contract Ian took him to Starks Park with him And he'll be a crucial player for him next season But like so many teams you know, Every summer there's a turnover At almost every Championship team We mentioned Partick Thistle There a minute ago There'll be a turnover At Dundee Coming down into the league Fascinating to see How Cove And Queen's Park Do Coming up Into the league Queen's Park Already beginning To strengthen their squad Both with re-signings And with new signings And as ever It's going to be As competitive a division As there is anywhere Do you want to come back in Scott? I know I know that he's been linked to well, obviously McPake's been linked with quite a few clubs. It was just to see if Roger had heard any more on it. But uh no, just like uh I mean we've we've signed like a couple of players now, but as Roger said, Dylan Easton was probably uh, the first guy through the door that uh, Ian Murray wanted. And uh, I think even Grover's fans when it was linked that he could be coming were all excited by it, but Right now, I think our, our main focus is just trying to find two centre-halves that could start for us because we're now down to the bare bones with us letting go of Benedictus and Masonda. So it'll be interesting to see who, who Murray goes for. Um, but just just the final point was uh, to see what you guys thought about the championship for the season ahead because obviously it's a bit more of a fresh look at with the likes of Cove, Queen's Park, Dundee again. It's not... Um, all the same faces that you, you normally see. So um, yeah, Roger, it looks it looks quite unpredictable, doesn't it? Because there's yeah. there's new clubs coming up in, in Queens Park and Cove who are very ambitious, who have spent quite a lot of money over the past couple of years. You've got Dundee going down. It, it doesn't look as if there is an outright team that you would say right. They are definitely the favourites. They should run away with it. Kilmarnock looked by far and away the strongest team on paper last season at the start of the campaign obviously it was a bit closer maybe than people expected but this time round you kind of look at the table and think anyone could be battling down at the uh, bottom and anyone could be battling up at the top I, I, I know what you mean I think Dundee if Dundee don't win it there's going to be problems for somebody up there they'll come down they're the biggest club they'll have the biggest budget they'll have players who believe they're premiership players um, they've a new manager in Gary Boyer and a bit like when Derek McInnes went in to take over for Tommy Wright early last season, Andrew. Gary Boyer will be told, listen, Gary, here's the deal. I don't care how you do it. I don't care about the Cups. All you need to do is take the D back into the Premiership. I don't care if you win the league. I don't care if you do it through the playoffs. You need to take the D back up. So the pressure will be there. Um, can our both do what they did last year? A very big ask for a part-time team. You know, you spoke about Cove. They've lost their manager. They're not going full-time they will find life in the Championship can be awkward. Inverness did well at the end of last season. Can they take that momentum prior to the St. Johnson game? Can they take that momentum into a new season? Thistle, we know. We know what Thistle will do. They'll be close. They won't be far away. And is there another team who can do this season what our both did last season? Fingers crossed to say United. Well, thank you to Scott. 01419511025. We'll hear a bit more from Dundee United's new boss, Jack Ross, after these. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025 if you want to get involved. Let's hear a bit from Jack Ross, shall we? Because he's been speaking today for the first time as Dundee United first team coach. He says taking charge of a team on the rise is an exciting challenge. However, he admits there's still plenty of work to do before the Premiership season starts. Alloa bought me the championship at the time, Simon bought me the championship, Sunderland consecutive relegations, Hibs not in a great place at the time, so it's it's been nice to come in and when there has been that I think stability. because um, you're not having a firefight right away if you like. So there is good foundations here. It's up to me to try and continue to build on that work and improve it. We're slightly behind schedule for like in terms of recruitment just because of the uncertainty over the last few weeks, but we're not being involved in the League Cup that gives us those increased weeks ahead of the between League Cup and start of the league season to hopefully help us recruit properly. Over the last few days we've had you know a lot of work undertaken to ensure that we're comfortable with who we're trying to bring to the club in the next stages is trying to get them across the line. Yeah, Roger, quite often when a manager goes into a new club it's because they've sacked a manager and they're not doing well and a new manager is having to come in and, and as Jack Ross says, firefight for, for the first few months. The fact that Dundee United had a good season, they're in Europe, they blooded quite a few Youngsters, that is a different challenge than Jack Ross has faced previously. Yeah, um, I feel safe to say this because producer Callum's behind the glass and can't reach me, but I, I never think there's a huge gap from third or fourth, you know, where Hearts to the United were last season, to 10th or 11th. Look at St Johnson and the way St Johnson slid down last season from two cups down to a relegation playoff. Look at the way Aberdeen and Hibs fell away dramatically last season after what they'd done the previous year. So Jack Ross... A very wise manager. He's seen it all before. Um, and he will know not to get too excited by the fact that the United finished fourth last season, the fact that they're in Europe, the fact that they've got some young Scotland under 21 internationals coming through. He will know that just as he would go into any club, he'll need to make three or four signings. I think he'll probably need a goalkeeper. We discussed that earlier on. And he will feel... A lot of these young guys who come into the team, you always worry about sort of second season syndrome with some of these young guys. You know, the great excitement of their debut season, the adrenaline sometimes carries them through, Andrew. Um, I think he'll want maybe two or three or four more seasoned players to drop into that squad. There went a lot went, you know, Adrian Sporla, Kevin McDonald, Mark McNulty, people are all left at the end of the season. I would expect Jack Ross to get three or four seasoned players to come in and help those kids And that top six fight will be intriguing Because Aberdeen, Hibs Both be disappointed at what they did last yeah. season They'll make sure they're bringing in players That can get them back to where they want to be You'll have clubs like Hearts of course Who will want to stay in there Motherwell are exactly the same Ross County have been doing a bit of business as well So there'll be plenty of clubs that will be targeting that And Dundee United will need to move quickly Because as you say And Jack Ross said himself That he feels they're a wee bit behind at the moment When it comes to transfer business Yeah, yeah, and not not simply because of the managerial change You know, he hasn't had The club hasn't had the continuity of You know, of guys who were in last season Look, I think Jim Goodwin's now got Three or four chasing five In at Aberdeen Because he's been there Since the springtime And knows what he needs And what he wants Um, Jack's just starting this week But he, he knows the league He knows the players um, he knows what he needs I think at Dundee United uh, Having looked at that squad I think they'll be fine I, I think I would imagine They would be okay for the top six But uh, as I said 
Nothing surprises you in that Premiership table. Jack Ross used the word stability when talking about Dundee United. Is that the right word to use about Dundee United, given the fact that, yes, they've had a couple of good seasons in the Premiership since they got promoted, but they've been changing manager. They changed manager yeah. when Mickey Mellon yeah. left and then Tam Courts has now left. That surely can't be a trend that continues. Yeah, well, well Robbie Nielsen brought them up and left. Since then, Mickey Mellon's had 12 months in the job, Tam Courts is had 12 months in the job, and now Jack Ross is in the job. So there hasn't been... Stability in the manager's office There has been a degree of stability In the squad Which has to be a good thing But Clubs are only stable As their results Everyone I've said St Johnson looked You know The most stable of clubs In the league When they were winning Those two cups And they looked You know A fantastic setup, And then They needed a win Against Inverness On a Monday night Last month Just to stay in the top flight So things can turn around Very quickly The good thing for Producer Callum and his fellow United fans is I think Jack Ross is probably the ideal manager to go in and take that job. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. Michael is a Celtic fan up next in Liverpool. Michael, what are you thinking tonight? Um, basically, um, it's about uh, what Roger was saying about basically James McCarthy. James McCarthy's too injury prone for me. He's no really Celtic class, as I put it right. James Forrest. Hasn't really got any more. I've watched them in the cup final and semi final, whatever, right? Mikey Johnson's another one I'd get shotty. Um, but basically, with regards to, we, re- we need a playmaker, right? Michael, I'll, t- I'll take that point first and I'll let you come back in. Michael's saying that there's quite a few players that he feels needs cleared out, essentially. James Forrest will not be one of them because he signed a new three year deal, was it, this summer? Uh, with Ange Postacoglu James McCarthy didn't get anywhere near the game time that maybe he expected after signing a four year deal at Celtic last summer Mikey Johnston hasn't quite made the impact that he would have wanted to but has had a lot of injuries well, over the look, last if you look at them the ones Michael mentioned there if you look at them individually Forrest is one of the most decorated players in the history of the football club a terrific player um, I think he was hampered by injuries last season and I think both he and Ange Postacoglu will hope an injury free pre-season will set James Forrest up to be the James Forrest that Celtic fans have seen before. I think he's still only 30. Plenty of time on his side. Um, James McCarthy, you cannot question his quality or his ability. He's had a wonderful career. However, as Michael says, he, he didn't really pull up many trees in the first of a four-year deal at Celtic. So he's got a bit to do to convince Hans Postecoglou that he's worthy of a place in a very... Fast moving Celtic midfield Um, Michael Johnson We could have had this conversation Michael In any of the past three or four pre-seasons We talk about what Michael Johnson can bring to the team And then we talk about his injuries And then we talk about the number of games he's missed Then we talk about he can't get in the team I wonder if it's now a stage in Michael Johnson's career Where reluctantly he might need to look elsewhere To get the game time that he needs Very talented player on his day, when fit, but you do wonder if that breakthrough at Celtic's ever coming. I'm so used to him being Mikey Johnson that whenever you say Michael Johnson, it sounds like a disappointed mother speaking to him, (laughs) giving him his full name. (laughs) Anyway, Michael on the line, what was your other point you wanted to make? Um, Basically, I want to see Jota signed, but basically what I'm going to say, guys, is I don't want to see Celtic just making up the numbers here, okay? And basically, Rangers had a good... Uh, running Europe last year, right? So I want to see Celtic do the same. 
obviously, I know the Champions League is more of a step up than the UEFA Cup, right? So basically, for me, I would like to see Celtic get a like a, a playmaker midfielder um, because I want Celtic's team to be really, really strong to be able to compete in Champions League, right? I don't want to time and time again when we have been in the Champions League getting knocked out. Then we go to uh, hangy rounds. Then we get knocked out again, and it's just embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a lot of Celtic fans I've spoke to, right, guys, have said to me, Mick, Celtic aren't they at that level, right? They'll talk. They talk about different things, but what I was saying is about uh, James Forrest. He was a good player, and he, but he needs to he needs to step up to the mark this season, right? Because see if he doesn't. And for me, I don't understand why Celtic would give him a three-year deal. And that's another thing about Seagrist. Well, Michael, we'll, t- we'll take that point on, on the Champions League. I did hear Ange Postacoglu talking about that recently, and he was saying that his target is to make sure they are in the Champions League season after season and progressing. The fact that this is their first time in the group stages for a long time, it's Ange Postacoglu's first time in there. Is that him maybe limiting expectations at all? Well, I think he's right to limit expectations. Celtic went out of three European competitions last season. Um, yes they won the league Yes they won the league cup Which was terrific But Celtic fans Including Michael there Will say The European aspect Disappointed them um, Europe for Celtic In the last few years Has been disappointing I think sometimes The managers Will take it back To Brendan Rodgers And I would include Ange in this Sometimes I think They need to be A little bit more pragmatic they play great, flowing, attacking football, brilliant at home. Sometimes it needs to be tempered in Europe. Well, thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you to Roger in the studio as well. I'll be back tomorrow. Mark Wilson will be in the studio with me. Stick around tonight because Johnny Campbell's up next.